You're listening to the Grace Through Faith weekly podcast. For more information, go to mygtf.org. We hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, GTF Church family. Glad that you're joining us online. I just uh, want to just reiterate something that uh, Pastor April and Pastor Tori were just saying. We are getting ready for Easter this week, and Easter is going to be so different this year. But we do want your family to have um, some some uh, supplies to really help you guys at home celebrate. And so we have some communion elements that are going to be going in those grab bags that um, that Tori was mentioning. And so please. Um, come through. We have enough for 150 families, and so it's going to be first come, first serve, and that's going to be on Wednesday from 4 to 6. We'll be here just to drive through the front um, awning, and uh, we're all of our pastoral staff is going to be here during that time, and as you drive through, we're just going to be offering uh, to stand uh, next to your car and just pray a blessing over your family uh, this Easter season, and so just want to encourage you to come be a part of that. Also, um, don't forget to worship the Lord in your giving, and so there's going to be some information in the comments below. Um, if you'd like to make a donation and, and uh, support us financially, you can go to mygtf.org and donate there. Um, you can donate through text at 806-424-0082, or you can mail in an offering. Uh, our P.O. Box number here in Dumas is P.O. Box 452-79029 is the zip code. And so just want to encourage you to continue to worship the Lord in your giving. Um, if you have your Bibles this morning, open those up to Matthew chapter 21. And as I just said, we're going to be getting ready for Easter. And so everything that I feel like God wants me to share this morning is going to be um, what I feel like is a prophetic picture of what he wants to do this Easter season in our lives as the body of Christ. And so in Matthew chapter 21, we're going to read about the day that we're actually celebrating today. Today's Palm Sunday. And on Palm Sunday, it's the, always the Sunday before Easter, we celebrate and we remember the triumphal entry of Jesus as the King of the Jews and as the King of Kings entering into Jerusalem as the King. And as he began to do that, there was, some, uh, there was some, a crowd that gathered, there was some fanfare that happened, and there was, some profound, there was a profound moment that happened in human history 2,000 years ago. And so uh, I want to ask you to just turn to Matthew chapter 21. You're probably already there. And I want to ask you to just pray over God's Word this morning that God would plant it deep in our heart and do what He wants to do. And so, Father God, we just thank You. We thank You that Your Word... Um, is active today. We thank you, God, that your word is a seed that's going to bear a crop 30, 60, and even 100-fold in our hearts. And so I'm just asking, God, that you would make our hearts ready to receive the word that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you're there in Matthew 21, verse 1, it says this. Now, when they drew near, Jesus and his disciples, whenever they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them. And he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put them, put on them their cloaks 
and he, and he sat, sat on them, and most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road as well. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, as we read that passage this morning, like I said just a second ago, as I was reading that this week, I feel like there's a prophetic picture for us. Here we are in 2020, and as we read this passage, I believe the thing that hit my heart so hard this week is, is the prophecy that was fulfilled that Matthew's talking about here. He says, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you. And this is what I believe God is speaking to us in this season of Easter in 2020, that there was something special that happened 2,000 plus years ago on that first Easter season. And that God wants to do something special in our hearts in this Easter season. You know, this Easter is a little bit different. We're going to be worshiping from home. And, and so much of the social activity that happens in holidays isn't going to be afforded to us because of the coronavirus situation that we're in. But I believe that God wants to make this moment special for you and for your household. And so I just want to encourage you to, to begin to build an expectation that there's going to be a special presence of Christ that's going to come and dwell with us, much like happened. His presence came into Jerusalem. I believe that the word of the Lord to us is, Behold, your king is coming. He's coming to your household. His presence is going to invade our hearts and our homes during this Easter season in a special way. And so I really want to encourage us to begin to make preparations in order to host that presence. And so I want to ask us three things today. Three things that we can do in order to prepare for Easter this year. Here's the first thing that I want to ask of us, is let's make Easter special this year by crying out to God. Now, this is the thing that, that we just read in Matthew chapter 21, verse 9. It said that whenever Jesus came into Jerusalem, that a crowd gathered and everybody was stirred up, and they began to cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna is in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know that word, that, that declaration, Hosanna, it actually means whenever they begin to cry that out, it, it's translated, Save, Lord. Save now. And there's this, this, this cry that comes from the people of God where we begin to beseech the Lord to begin to bring salvation, not only in that day, but right now. This is a moment where the body of Christ, now more than ever, needs to be turning to the Lord and crying out to the Lord, Hosanna. Save right now, Lord. And whenever we cry out, whenever the body of Christ begins to cry out to God, there's this, this cry that begins to come that's marked by genuine humility, unconditional surrender. And, and the majority of everything that God is asking of us is that we get to a place of desperation. That's what it means to cry out to God, that there is this desperation inside of our hearts to where we say, God, we need you. We need you now more than ever before. And there is no other solution except that you move on our behalf. Whenever the body of Christ begins to cry out from that place, things begin to happen. If you look throughout Scripture, 
God's people over and over and over again are put in situations in, in life, in, in, in situations throughout the governments that, that have ruled throughout time, where they needed to see God bring a massive deliverance on their behalf. And whenever God's people begin to cry out to Him, things begin to happen. I want, you to, I want to read this passage to you from Exodus. This was in uh, chapter 3, verse 7. And this was whenever the, the nation of Israel was in bondage in Egypt. And it said that their, their, their bondage, the burden of their slavery, was heavy. And in this particular passage, God begins to reveal Himself to Moses, and He begins to set in motion His deliverance. And this is what He said. I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians. There was another occasion in the New Testament whenever Jesus' disciples, they were in a boat and Jesus was taking a nap at the front of the boat, if you remember the story. And there was this huge storm that began to gather in the lake, and the waves began to get stirred up on the lake, so much so that the boat began to take on water. And it says in the Bible that they were all about to perish. This was a dire situation where it was fixing to cost them their lives. And they go and they wake up Jesus, and they say, Do you not care if we die? Please do something. And they began to beseech Him out of desperation. And Jesus woke up. He stood up, and He calmed the storm. Listen. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. There's a part that we have to play in the earth, church. And one of the things that happens whenever crisis is going on in the, the world that we live in is that we need to be people who turn to God and cry out to Him, humble ourselves and press in. And so listen, we need to make Easter special in this way, that we would be marked by, because we're people of prayer. That we would be known as a church who are, who are pressing into the Lord and asking, and listen, I know many of you are prayer warriors and you're, at, you're, you're praying on behalf of the, the, the school employees and the first responders and the medical community and you're praying against this virus that there would be a breakthrough. Listen, the thing that I want, to, want you to hear today is that do not lose heart. Breakthrough will come. Behold, your King is coming. Breakthrough is going to happen at the hand of God. And one of the things that I've been praying is that God would get all the glory. That there would be nobody else that could be mistaken to be the one who saves us in this hour except God Almighty. And so I just want to encourage you, in this Easter season, may we be a people who are, who are known because we are crying out to God and asking the God who can save in a mighty way to, to look down from heaven and heal our land and heal our bodies. The second thing that I want you to encourage us to do as we get ready for Easter is to make Easter special by allowing Jesus to tame our restless heart. You know, uh, this, this story of Jesus entering into Jerusalem is actually one that's captured in all four of the Gospels. And Luke actually has a, different, a little bit, bit of a different take 
on one part of this that Matthew doesn't capture. It says in Luke 19, 30, and you remember one of the things that Jesus told his disciples was to go into a village and they were going to find a donkey with a colt and to bring that colt to him. And Luke says this, he says, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it to me. Now, I was just uh, reading that this week, and I was just thinking about the reality that Jesus asked his disciples to go find this colt that was unbroken. Nobody had ever sat on it before. And I don't know a lot about horses, but one thing I do know is that donkeys are pretty stubborn, and unbroken horses don't just let people sit on them. And it says that the disciples put their cloaks on this colt, and then they set Jesus on him. And this colt carried Jesus into the city where he's going to be enthroned for all of eternity. Now, I don't know about you, but as I was reading that, I was just kind of struck by the reality that that this is the Jesus who tamed this colt, this wild, unbroken colt, is the same Jesus that tames our wild and unbroken hearts. Listen, I think that this is a moment for the kingdom rule of Christ to be established in a greater way in our hearts. If you're seeing what's going on around you and you're nervous, you're anxious, you're frustrated, right now is a moment for you to allow the kingdom rule of Christ to begin to expand in your heart, to bring peace where there's turmoil, to give you faith where there's fear all around you. But not only that, not only is this a moment where where Jesus can tame the anxiety that's inside of us, the storm that's going on in our heart, But this may be your moment where you allow Jesus to tame the rebellion that's going on inside of you. I know whenever I was 18 years old, the only person that I was living for was me. And I know that as I began to get to a place where the consequences of my sin began to manifest themselves in a dramatic way in my life, I began to know that Jesus was the solution, but my heart, it just wouldn't go there. My heart was hard, and I can remember, I, was, I grew up in a, in a Christian home, and I can remember my mom and dad throughout this time were praying so hard for me. But one of the things that they continued to do throughout this time was invite me to come to church. Often, in most, most days, I would reject their invitation. But as I began to get to a place where the consequence of my sin was just crushing me, there was a Sunday where I can remember telling my mom and dad, hey, I want to go to church today. And as I went to church with them that day, I went to them with them the next week and maybe a week after that. But I can remember there being a moment. I don't remember exactly when in those weeks that I was going to church with my mom and dad. I can remember there being a pastor preaching a message and, and talking to me like I'm talking to you perhaps right now. And one of the things that he began to talk to me about, and I felt like he was talking directly to me, was that I needed to surrender my life to the Lord. Now, I believed that Jesus was God, but surrender was not something that I was accustomed to doing because I was only serving myself. Listen, Jesus can tame your heart just like He tamed this colt. And He doesn't just tame our sin, He washes it completely away. He renews our life, we become a new creation, and we begin to manifest the righteousness of Christ that's His, not ours, in our lives. This Easter may be your moment where you surrender your heart to the Lord and allow Him to rule your life 
And this is what I promise you. If that's the moment that you're in right now, don't let it pass by without you making the most of this place, make, make, this place in your life. Where you allow God to begin to become the, the king of your heart. As we were just singing that song a while ago, I just really feel like that there's people that are watching right now that for the first time, maybe you're entertaining the idea that Jesus could be your Lord. That you could be a follower of His. And so, in an effort to make Easter special, I just believe that God is calling us to allow the kingdom of Christ to be established in a greater way in our lives. Whether that is that you just need His peace to rule you in this moment of turmoil, or this is the moment that you surrender your heart to the Lord forever. Make the most of this moment in your life. Now finally, here's the last thing that I feel like God wants us to do. Let's make Easter special by throwing Jesus a party. I want to talk to you about this crowd that's kind of gathered around Jesus as he's entering into Jerusalem. And I want to uh, just turn over to John chapter 12, if you would. And, and John chapter 12 captures the triumphal entry, and he actually gives a little bit more information as well that Matthew didn't give us earlier. This crowd that's gathered around Jesus is actually an interesting group of people. This crowd wasn't just something that happened spontaneously in that moment. This was a crowd that had actually been following Jesus for days. This was actually the crowd, what John tells us in his gospel, was this was the crowd that saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. I want you to look at verse 17 of John 12. It said, The crowd that had been with Jesus when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness that Christ raised Lazarus from the dead. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. Here's what this crowd did was they were so amazed because Lazarus had been in the tomb for days. So many days that what the scripture tells us is that he began to stink. And that whenever Jesus opened, had the, the tomb opened up and he called Lazarus out, there was this great multitude that was gathered around in this moment. Most of them were very skeptical of what Jesus was trying to do. But in that moment, they saw Jesus give life to a dead man. It so marked them that they began to follow him and they began to promote this miracle that Jesus did in Lazarus' life. They were so awestruck that they began to, to spread Jesus' fame to everybody around. And as Jesus walked into Jerusalem, this fanfare that was created because of this crowd overtook the moment. Overtook the moment so much that they began to exclaim, like we read a while ago, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now that's not just some ordinary saying. They were proclaiming to the people of Jerusalem that Jesus was the king that had been prophesied for ages. That he was the Messiah that was going to sit on the throne of David. That these, these Romans that were ruling over them, that Jesus was actually going to be the king that usurped the government of this world and established the eternal kingdom of God. Now, the Pharisees that were there, this is what Luke says, heard this statement and they were offended. They looked at Jesus, this is Luke chapter 19, 39. It said, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Make them stop saying what they're saying. They're creating too much of a, a, a turmoil. They're saying things that we should not be saying. 
in front of these Romans, but even in front of God. And Jesus turned to these Pharisees and says, if these stay silent, the rocks will cry out. Listen, as we get ready for Easter, we had actually been planning this party. We were getting, this is months back before the coronavirus stuff hit, we were beginning to kind of make preparations for Easter, and, and we had this, this Jesus series that we were going to do, and it was going to all kind of crescendo and land on Easter Sunday. And one of the things that we felt as we were praying for Easter this year is that we were supposed to throw Jesus a party. Now, as, as things have changed, I was kind of sitting back this last week, and I was just kind of praying through that word, and I was just like really bummed, right, that we had kind of put some preparations together, and there were more things that we were going to do that we hadn't gotten, to, gotten around to yet. And now we're not going to get to do any of that. And the Lord just kind of adjusted my, my perspective whenever I was praying through that this week, is that just because we're all in our separate places in our homes and we're all not here at the church building together is no great excuse for us to not throw Jesus a party. And so I just want to encourage you to do two things as we throw Jesus a party this week. The first thing that I want to ask you to do is to let a resounding cry of praise come from your home. Here's, here's the, the, the thing is Easter is going to be special if you make it special. And so I just want to encourage you that as next Sunday rolls around and we kind of begin to um, approach that moment as a family, as married couples, as single individuals, that you begin to make preparations to make this Easter special. Get up early, prepare a special meal, get dressed up in your home, join us for worship online. Whatever you do, make it a special day and celebrate the Lord. The second thing that I want to ask you to do is exactly what this crowd did in this first Easter season. I want to encourage you to share with the world how Jesus has transformed your life. Now here's the book that we're going to do this this week is I'm going, to, we're going to be, I'm going to be releasing a video later on today and I'll give you an example of kind of how this is going to go. But I wanted to encourage you to, with your cell phone, just take a short video to put on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, sharing with the world how Jesus has transformed your life. In that video, tag us at the church, at mygtf.org, or at mygtf, and put a hashtag, Jesus Party 2020. Now, here's what I, I, I just believe can happen as we do this together, is that one person shares a story, two people share a story, and then it begins to catch all around us. Listen, this crowd in this first Easter season created a commotion. Jesus was entering into the city, and they were so grateful and awestruck and just caught up in the moment of who Jesus is and what all of this meant, that they couldn't stay silent. And Jesus said if they even tried to stay silent, there was still going to be a commotion because the rocks would cry out. Listen, nothing has changed. Jesus is more worthy today than he was 2,000 plus years ago. He has done more profound miracles now, and he has transformed many, many more lives since that first Easter season. And so I just want to encourage you, if you've never shared your testimony publicly, to take this moment, take a two-minute video, post it on the internet, and share with the world why Jesus is so important to you, how he has transformed your life. Here's where I want to land today. Behold, GTF, your king is coming. I want us 
to make this Easter special. And I just really truly believe that, that, this, that Jesus is going to manifest His presence in a special way in our lives this Easter season. You know, whenever you're in extraordinary uh, circumstances, God always shows up in extraordinary ways. And so my expectation and my faith is that as, as extraordinary as a situation as we're in right now, then God's going to show up as His people cry out to Him, as we allow Him to establish His kingdom in our heart, and as we celebrate and throw Him a party. Amen? So I want to ask you to just, if you would, bow your head, and I want to pray this prayer over us as a church family. Father God, thank You for Jesus. Thank You for sending Your Son for me. I thank You, God, that His kingdom has come into my life, and to many of the lives that are listening right now on this live stream. Lord, as we get ready to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, the most profound moment in human history, I pray, God, that you would show us special ways that we can begin to celebrate who He is and what He's done this Easter. I pray for boldness, God, for your people. That as they begin to think about sharing their testimony of how Jesus has transformed their lives on the internet, God, I just pray that you'd fill them with boldness and fill them with a testimony that they would be your witnesses, that we would be that crowd that makes a big deal about Jesus because he's worthy of being made a big deal of. Lord, help us in this moment and help us do you justice for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you guys. We're so glad that you came to worship with us this morning online. I want to remind you two things before we end the stream this morning. We're going to have prayer on Wednesday at 1230, so I really want to encourage you to be here uh, online to help us with that. But the second thing that we're going to be doing on Wednesday is 4 to 6, we're going to be doing Easter bags. And so if you need some supplies for Easter, please come by. We would love to pray for you and your family as you drive through and send you home with an Easter package. God bless you guys.